Hello, and welcome to part two of Unlocking Your Bible. I'm Rob Condon, director of CMI-TV. In our first class together, I taught on understanding the significance of our Bible. I demonstrated that the Bible translation that you hold in your hand is an accurate representation of the words penned by the original writers of the Bible. I presented a comparison of the textual reliability of our Bible to the reliability of the ancient writings of Plato, Tacitus, Herodotus, and Aristotle. In that video, I showed that the Bible has the greatest reliability of any ancient writings. In other words, it truly reproduces the original writer's words as the Lord gave them to them. I then presented the history of our English Bible and a discussion of the Greek manuscript families used to produce our English New Testament translations. Now in this class, I'd like to take two verses of the Bible and analyze them using the tools of an online Bible program. Now, our goal is not to dissect a verse or passage for an intellectual knowledge. Rather, it is to determine the very mind of God and what we are to understand that God is saying to us in a verse or passage. When done properly, there remains no limit to the heart knowledge available to the student willing to prayerfully study and apply the rules of proper Bible interpretation. Above all, our goal is to understand what God is saying to us and to understand it correctly and interpret it correctly. Join me now as I show you how to use the free online resources available to you on the internet. For this class, I've chosen the free online internet Bible study program, the Blue Letter Bible. Yes, I know, there are several good programs out there. For example, there is the online Bible program, the Bible Hub program, Logos, and many others. I'm going to mention some of the pros and cons of each of these during these classes. Taken as a whole, I find the Blue Letter Bible meets the needs of the average Berean Bible student. I have chosen it for the following reasons. Number one, it's readily available for desktops, laptops, smartphones, and tablet computers. And yes, it operates on all systems, PCs, Macs, Androids, and others. Number two, it's freely available at no cost to anyone with an internet connection. But it does have some advertisements in the margins. Now, some of you know I have a Scottish heritage, so this fact really appeals to me. It's free. Thirdly, it offers the major Bible study tools needed to dig deep into a passage or a verse. And finally, it's easy to learn. Now that's a real value to all of us. I would note that you can reach this online Bible program from our website, classesforbereans.com, or you can enter blueletterbible.org on your computer and you can use the program. As we begin our study, 
I'm going to demonstrate using my desktop computer because it's got a bigger screen for you to see. You'll find there's very little difference between it and a tablet or a phone version. As mentioned in our first class, this will be a hands-on experience. I would suggest that as I move through the steps on the screen, you stop the video and try them on your computer. I am sure you will learn how to use the program very quickly and find it useful whenever you are studying your Bible. As I've done this, I've learned something for me, and that is how hard it is to explain a computer program to people who aren't standing with me and ask me quick questions. So don't hesitate to send in questions, emails to me, and also bear with me as we do this because my goal is to get you the information. So I'm not going to formally edit these videos. I'll stumble on some words. I'll have to rephrase things or say, oh no, I meant to say. That's all right. Be patient with me because your goal is to learn the program and not just to see a perfect video. Now, as we open the program, we'll begin by making one significant choice what English translation you want to use. This choice will determine, significantly determine, which sources will be presented when you use the program. For you see some materials, such as concordances, Bible dictionaries, lexicons, commentaries, and other tools are keyed to a specific English translation. Therefore, the one you choose, they'll be keyed to that. Now, to demonstrate how to use the program, I've chosen to disassemble the entire chapter of Jonah, and we're going to do that over a series of programs teaching you more and more tools that you can use with this one program on the internet. In this class, we're going to focus on how to use a concordance and a lexicon. Now, for some of you out there, you may not even know what a concordance is. You see, it's very interesting. A concordance is an alphabetical listing of every word in your English Bible. Once you go into the concordance, each word is shown alphabetically and followed by a verse that contains that word. After that, it gives a, a number. That number is called the Strong's number. In the dictionary section of the concordance, you will use that number to see the definition of the original language word that the English word is the translation of. Now, historically speaking, there are two prime concordances. Both are equally good. Young's Concordance and Strong's Concordance. Now, Strong's has become the predominantly used one, and you'll see why in just a moment here. In 1890, James Strong published his concordance after years of work when he taught theology at Drew Theological Seminary. Using his knowledge of the original languages, he listed every English word and its original Hebrew, Chaldean, or Greek equivalent. Now his goal, as he stated, was not an in-depth dictionary of the original words, but merely to give brief and simple definitions and suggested that students go to the in-depth lexicon that gives expanded definitions and often the history of the words. 
In his work, Strong collated 8,674 Hebrew words and 5,624 Greek words in his concordance. Now just imagine for a minute the hours he spent on this. He had to do it with paper and pad and we have computers. The next time you type a word in a, your computer and it gives you all the information that Strong gathered after years of work, remember it now takes you just seconds. So join with me now as we turn to our computer and learn how to use the concordance. So let's go to our computer now and uh, begin using the Blue Letter Bible. Our first step is to enter our verse that we are looking for. Type in Jonah 1 colon 1 hyphen 2. I stress that it's very important that you put the hyphen in. You can't just put one comma two. You've got to put a hyphen. And we hit return. And look how fast it brings up our text. Uh, Jonah 1, the entire chapter. As we scroll down, we can read and check every verse in this chapter. In our next video, we'll explain the tools and what we can start doing with those. But in this one, we want to focus on the concordance. So I would like you to notice that up here in the header is the Strong's number. Uh, we're going to explain what this is, but Strong's is the concordance we're going to use. So we click the box on Strong's. Notice, as we look at our two verses, there's a number that's been brought in with a letter H, meaning Hebrew, and this is the Strong's number, 1697. And we have the Strong's numbers for most of the words in the sentences. It ignores the more common words like the, uh, now, uh, in this case, though, sometimes it doesn't give a number to a word you would like to know about. That In this case, we have the word came. We'll explain that in our next video, why the number wasn't there. And we'll see why there is more information available through your Blue Letter Bible to find out why that number wasn't there or significantly, what is the word came in the Hebrew. So we have all these Strong's references. We're going to click on the H1697 for the word word. And uh, before us comes up the Hebrew word that that word in the English is equivalent to. Here again, we see it's Strong's 1697. So what we're going to look at initially is all the information that Strong's Concordance in its hardcover version is, gives to us to be able to uh, understand and learn from. First of all is given the Hebrew of this word in our English, word is going to be davar. It's always remember, Hebrew reads from right to left. Here we have the transliteration. All they've done is taken each Hebrew letter and put it the equivalent of the English letter. So it's D-A-B-A-R is how we would transliterate it. And this is it in the Hebrew. 
But here is the pronunciation of it, Dawah. But Hebrew, no one knows how it was pronounced back in Jonah's day. And so this is a more modern pronunciation of the word. When I took Hebrew, I learned it as Davar. Over here on this speaker, we can click on this, and when we do, you will hear the pronunciation. Strong's H, 1697. Davar. Davar. So he basically translates it as I do, Davar. Okay. Next is the part of speech. Now, in our next video, we're going to really look into this. But for now, we see it's a masculine noun. So we know that this Davar is a noun. Next to it is its root word. This is kind of like ancestry. Uh, when the Hebrews wanted the noun for word, they went to their verb, which is given here. Now this word is the root, if you will. From it, they built up a series of words. You know, in the German language, if you know that, they build up words by adding word after word and pulling them all together. Well, in the Hebrew, they started with verbs and they started modifying just what are called, in this case, the points to create it as a noun. So when you're reading it, you know it's a noun, not a verb. We'll get into that too. Uh, believe it or not, you're going to start learning grammar very easily by using this program. Next, we have a dictionary aid. This is Twat. Uh, it's a very common book in the, of words of the Old Testament. It's a dictionary called the Theological Word Book of the Old Testament. It is an extremely useful book. Uh, it's actually two volumes. It's expensive. But if you do a Google search, you probably can find it free on the internet. And in case you can't, there are programs like Logos that you pay for, and it is included with those. So I would urge you to Google search Twat, or Theological Word Book of the Old Testament, and you'll be able to find it. After that is the page number that Devar will appear on. Now, because it's a copyrighted book, Blue Letter Bible doesn't include it free with their program. So twat. Again, it's an extensive study of the history of the word and how its meaning is understood. And we'll also give you this idea of where it came from, from the verb. Next, we move down and we have the King James Version translation count. This tells us that this Devar occurs 1,439 times in the Old Testament. Notice, though, it tells us that as word, Devar, translated our English word word was done 807 times. But that means that 231 times it's also translated a thing. 63 times it's matter. 51 Acts, Chronicles, Sayings, Commandments, and Miscellaneous. That means it's translated by a single English word only one time using that English word. We have to understand that when you're studying a language, there is not an exact equivalent from a Hebrew word to a single English word. 
the Hebrew word, by the way, Hebrew is a very simple language. It incorporated countless nuances and meanings. And if we look at the context in the Hebrew, we can see what English word is really the best equivalent for it in that verse. And therefore, in 807 verses, the best English equivalent was word. But in 20 verses of the Old Testament, commandment fits the context better. So again, don't get upset that uh, one Hebrew word doesn't have a single English word. The translators have done their best to pick the right choice. They make the choice. They base that on the grammar. You're going to see grammar is very crucial. On the context and how it's used, Sadly, sometimes they base it on their personal agenda or their doctrinal beliefs or just their likes. But we have to look at when there's a large number of translators working together on scriptures, they tend to minimize these other factors and really choose what's the best English equivalent. So here we have all the equivalents that it is when it occurs 1,439 times in our Old Testament. As we move further, we come to the outline of biblical usage. Now I'm going to just tell you, I don't use this at all. But you may find it helpful. If you're not sure what something is and it's got a question mark, click on the question mark. And it will tell you, in this case, this outline of biblical usage, it was created by Larry Pierce. He's the creator of the online Bible. That's another computer internet available Bible. And it's used with his permission. If you want more information, you can click on it and get that. So he's created an outline that you might, as, might say, this is the typical uses of it. Speech, word, speaking, thing. There we have thing again. It's a speech he puts as kind of first. Then he says we could next consider as kind of an utterance or words or business occupation, acts, manners, case, etc. So he gives you kind of a ranking in his mind of how you should view this or how it's used. Now, as we move down further, we come to Strong's definition. Notice that Strong, remember, he gives you simpler definitions. He gives you the Hebrew first, which we have up here. He gives you the transliteration, Dabar, that's where they Got it for this box. Davar from, again, the verb. He gives you, and he starts explaining how he defines it as he sees it. It's a word. By implication, a matter is spoken of, something we're speaking of, a thing, adverbally, a cause. And he goes on and he gives you more information about what this word's equivalence is in the English. Now, Strong's Dictionary, and that's what it is, is limited, designed to be simple. When you want to know more about the word, a greater in-depth, we move to a lexicon, which is an expanded, if you will, concordance. So we move down here now to the next lexicon, which is the Brown Driver Briggs Lexicon. Now, theirs is a widely used lexicon. It's always abbreviated BDB, just like Theological Word Book of the Old Testament was twat. BDB refers to this lexicon. It gives us 
much more information. Again, it gives us the, the Hebrew. It tells us it's a noun, it's masculine. Speech or word is the most common use. It gives the scriptural references. And notice how you can just pop down and see what that verse says. And information on what supports the various forms. And what we have here is the various forms this word appears. And we'll talk about the Hebrew a little bit as you start learning it about these little tiny marks, the dots and the tittles, etc. So he gives you all that. Then he tells you in the singular use, it's used as speech, discourse, saying, or word. It's the sum of that which is spoken. And you can start reading the definition. If you click show all, this gives us all that they determined, BDB working together determined as the information. And you can find eventually your verse in it and see how it was translated and other verses that go along with it translated the same way. Notice I said it was expanded. It is expanded. It's significantly expanded. Now, that's when you want to do an in-depth study. Now we have to get back here. Notice, just by comparison, Strong's is just a small segment. BDB is massive. Now, there is even a greater use, uh, um, historically, a greater use lexicon called Jesenius's Hebrew Chaldee lexicon. This lexicon is considered the Cadillac of Hebrew lexicons. It is used by scholars. How often you need to use it, I would guess is maybe never. I tend to use BDB when I want to go in greater depth. Now, as we move further down, we find that the concordance results, all the English uses of the word Devar are now given to us as we move through. These are all the verses in the Old Testament that uses the word Devar. Now, interesting, in Genesis 11.1, 1, first usage in the Bible, it's used as speech. In Genesis 15.1, it is translated as word and thing. So the context indicated it. The translators felt the best way to say, after these things, the word of the Lord came. And you can move down here and you can see the extensive information of all the verses. This is how you start comparing and looking at context and saying, was word the best or should it have been matter? Should it have been commandment? As you check all the verses in the Old Testament, you can do what others have done as the translators did and choose the best word to be used. And notice, just so you realize, it goes through every usage all the way through Malachi. So right here, you can double check the translators. You can look at all the definitions that have been given for this particular word, davar, in the Hebrew. And you come back and you can see, do I think it was properly chosen by the translator? But more importantly, you've learned your first Hebrew word, davar, means word or saying, commandment. And it, it 
is found throughout the Old Testament. And you even know how to pronounce it because you clicked the little speaker and you practiced until you can pronounce it correctly. So this is the start of using a concordance. In our next video, we're going to take it a step further. We're not only going to use the meanings of these words, but we're going to learn, start learning the grammar of these words. Did you realize that God created grammar? And he did this with a purpose, so that he could write through his prophets, his psalmists, through David and others, exactly what they wanted them to say. And they would choose the word that he wanted them to choose, and they would choose the grammatical usage of it, because that will give the exact meaning that God wanted to convey to you and to me. So by doing the work, we can understand the mind of God, and then we can apply it in our lives. So join me in the next video. Yes, you're going to start learning grammar. Don't worry. It's no harder than starting to learn your first word in Hebrew, because the computer will do much of the work for you and will very simply but slowly teach you grammar. So until I see you again, may the Lord bless you. I'll either meet you here back at the computer or in the air.